And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Josh Thompson, I don't know if you realize this, but 211 PC, where you live in the state of California, is a robbery. And the Weighing In <laughs> podcast is going to talk about the robbery that we saw tonight. There was oh, yes. a couple of them. There was some people that lost money over fights they should not have paid for. And there was some robberies going on in the UFC. Welcome to the Weighing In Podcast. And my partner, the real punk Josh Thompson, is here to talk with me about everything that's happening. And it was the last UFC of the year. We are now in a dry rut going through Christmas. <laughs> but that's okay because we got all kinds of things that we can talk about in combat sports What's up, my man? God, we're going to talk about that dismal fucking fight we saw tonight <laughs> with Tywin Woodley and fucking Jake Ooh. goddamn Paul. God, it was horrible to watch. Oh, it just was so upsetting. Anyways, let's get into the UFC because the UFC had some fucking amazing fight with some really fucking bad judging. So let's talk <laughs> about that. Let's get right into your realm of fucking bullshit judging. God, it was horrible to fucking watch. I was just disappointed in the fact that I had to hear some of these calls. Somebody got robbed. They got robbed so damn bad. But let's scroll down to this, Dave. Can you scroll down to this card so we can talk about the the card? <laughs> look, look. I really honestly, I have not a lot to talk about until you get to Charles Jordan and Andrew. I don't even know how you say his last name, Ewell. But it was a fucking great fight. Honestly, John, I thought that fight should have been closer to the main event, or not main event, but closer to the main card. Could have been the main event of the prelims. It was a great fight from the beginning to the end. I had Andrew Ewell winning the first round. Andre. It was a close Andre, round. Andre, 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 Andre. Andre, sorry, Andre. Sorry. Andre winning the first round. It was close. It was a good fight. Like I said, look, you guys, when you guys get mad at me for not understanding or, spell, or, or saying, how to these, saying these people's names, I don't listen to the commentary. You want to know why? <laughs> That'll get you I in trouble. Actually, don't I you just, remember don't, my last one? I got in trouble. I don't listen to it. I don't <laughs> listen to it. I don't. Even, and I'm not trying to follow the Dominic Cruz bullshit, but I don't listen to it even when my boy DC is calling it. There's times where I turn it up. There's times I turn it down. John's the same way. I know we've talked about this. Yeah. But, you know, like, I don't need to hear people announcing their names. I don't need to hear about that shit. I want to talk about the fight and the fight itself. And so when we're talking about this fight, this fight was amazing. From beginning to end, I could not take my eyes off the fight. I actually went back and watched it twice in between, like, a couple of the fights because I would, there, there was such a long, there's all these commercials when you're watching on ESPN+. Plus. Just garbage. And so I actually went back and watched it. Over and over, man. Over and over. My gosh, I've seen this. Can you give me something else? And so I went back and I watched it. I actually almost watched it almost a full two times. It was a fantastic fight. Fantastic fight. From beginning to end, I had uh, Andre winning the first round. It was close, but I had him winning the first round. He was the faster. He was a more precise fighter in the first round. But you could tell. He started to slow down. The explosiveness wasn't it wasn't there as much. His his combinations were coming out in ones and twos. There was no more threes and fours. It was a great fight. But Jordan just started ripping the leg kicks, started going to the body, and he just started finding the range. And the speed was there. He had the speed throughout the whole fight, where Andre lost the speed after the first round. 
to me, John, this was to me like I would say probably number two, probably second best fight of the night. Maybe third, maybe third, but it was close. It was in that mix of the top three fights. I could have seen this fight be on the main card. Honestly, Jordan is one of those fighters. He should be on the main card or the main event of the prelims almost every single time. Every time I've watched him fight, he is he is fucking must-watch TV. He's fun. He is so fun to watch fight. I agree with you. I, I, that's but we, if you go back to our last, last podcast talking about this, you know, upcoming show, what's one of the fights that we you know we talked about? It was yeah. Jordan against Yule because it's a style thing, and it was a, a big thing was Yule coming up in weight because normally he was fighting yeah. a bantamweight, coming up into featherweight. He had had problems with cardio. He had slowed down. Would that you know not losing all that weight because he's a tall guy anyways, and and losing the weight was going to be a problem before. So maybe it was going to be where he could actually maintain, you know, but no one's going to maintain. I don't care what kind of shape you're in when you are getting lit up at times like Jordan was hitting because he was up and down on him. He he had him confused the whole time. He was hitting him low with the low kicks inside, outside. He was hitting him with kicks to the body. He was hitting him with body shots. He was coming in with elbows. He lit him up with uppercuts, hooks, at, he didn't know what was coming, and he was confused. And then he was doing spinning back kicks, spinning back fists. He was doing all kinds of things. You're looking at a guy that was going into the toolbox and just pulling out everything and throwing it at him. And, dude, and then the, at the third round when he starts yelling, ah! yeah. you guys, those are those moments. There's There's been fights like that before, but you're absolutely right. Jordan is fun to watch. He's a guy, he's one of those guys you look and say, I will pay to watch that man fight anytime because he gives you everything he has. And he throws it out there and he's not he's not that careful guy that's going to, you know, try to just edge out a win. He's trying to finish you the entire time and that was a great contest. It was fantastic. I, I loved it just like you did. Yeah, I think his weakness is obviously probably on the ground, but the thing no, is... No, he's, match- he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so he's not... His wrestling is where his weakness is. Yeah, so the control and, and getting back up to his feet yeah. is probably where he suffers the most. I agree. But I really I really believe that he is must-watch TV. He's so fun. If you match him up properly, which the UFC should do, if you match him up properly, properly, we could see some really good fights from him. And as he gets more confidence and he grows more, I really believe that he will be somebody that can make a run to the top, to the title. I'm not saying he's going to win the title, but I'm saying we can see him in that top six, top eight, top Top 10 for sure. But I want to say him in that top four or five. I think we could see him get to there because he is fun. If the UFC matches him up properly, I think we could see him there. Yeah. Is it, you know, I mean, um, he's he's in a tough weight class, but look, he's the kind of guy you're looking for. If you're a promoter, if you're the UFC, you're going, yep, yep. you're on the last fight of your contract, and yes, we're going to re-sign you because absolutely, he's what you're looking is he, for. Is he on the last fight of his contract? He was. Oh, geez, man. I know. Uh, hey. Hello, Bellator. Hey, hint, 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 hint. I don't think uh, he, he was, wants to he, go anywhere. I don't blame I him. I know. If he was smart, he would stay. Just be honest. I mean, like, look, I'd love to still get him over to Bellator, but look, it really comes down to, like, he's he's coming off of a win. Yeah. He looked great. He did. And I, I don't know. He's just fun to watch. And like I said, even when he had lost to, who was it, Arosa, I think is who he fought last, when he had lost to him, he still he still looked good. He still looked good. 
There was yeah. some uh, in the fight before that. He looked fa- fabulous as well. Was it Arosa? Yeah, he lost to Arosa. I could be wrong. He lost Julian to Arosa. Arosa. But anyways, he still has some good action action in that fight. Some good combinations. He puts. You can tell he puts everything behind his punches and kicks. It's it's just fun to watch. Yeah, he, he John. What what other fights on this card? Do you go to this other fights on these cards? Well, I, I thought I thought Melissa Gatto looked great against oh, yes. Sajara Eubanks because even when she was taken down and she was on her back, she was attacking. She was going after things. She wasn't just guarding and holding and trying to control. She was going after Sajara, well, and that the first that round she it. the first round she was a little like she was on her back. Not she was going after stuff, but it was, nothing was close. No, in that nothing first was round. close. I admit it. But yeah. You're also talking about someone in Sajara Eubanks who's very good with her jiu-jitsu. Yeah. She's not, you know, someone that, oh, she's, you know, average on the ground. She's good on the ground. So you're taking a look and say, I'm okay that, you know, Sajara was able to stop everything. At least yeah. she was making Sajara have to work defensively and think about what was happening, which was limiting what Sajara was able to do as far as her ground and pound, which is what she wanted to accomplish, and she wasn't able to. And then that body kick, the way it, it landed. It cracked me up. All the, the I, I had the commentary on, and they go, and, and Brendan Fitzgerald groin kick. I'm like, are you high? Unless her groins are about three inches below her freaking nipples. <laughs> no freaking way, dude. Below the nipples. That was great. Uh, I thought she looked good. Um, like I thought she 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 was one of the. She basically what she did was she figured out the strength. Of Sujara in the first round. Yeah. She realized she had no advantage on the bottom. She tried to make everything happen in the second round. Every time Sujara tried to take her down, she made her pay. But what she about the to, like, sweep? Yes, that was beautiful. Oh. She came in. She did with that elevator sweep. She did a little hook sweep there. It was beautiful. Yeah. Nicely done. And the rest of the round was hers. But she just did a lot of good things after that sweep, though. You yeah. know, like, what? I, she figured her out in the first round. And I was thinking to myself... Because the comment, I, I heard a little bit of the commentary when I was trying to like turn it up, turn it down, turn it up, turn it down, and they said something about like I don't know why Sajara keeps checking around. I was like, did you guys not watch the first round? She had she was dominating the first round. I could see why Sajara took her down after the first round, but then when she got swept, she went back to it again in the third. I'm like, what are you doing? You realize <laughs> that now that you're tired, you're not the same person you were in the first. Your technique is not as good. Your strength is not as much. So she needed to actually try to keep it on the feet. But even on the feet. Gata getting, was like she was touching her with uh, long range punching. And she was yeah. getting hurt. So overall, though, I thought I thought uh, Gato she did a good job. She was sticking and moving, but she was dominant on the ground. I thought it was a very impressive job, though. Very yeah. impressive job. She's good. She's gonna be fun to watch, man. I don't know who, who they're gonna put her against next, but you know that was impressive. Really an impressive performance. Let's talk about the only fucking human being ever to miss weight as a heavyweight. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about <laughs> okay, Justin but, Taffa. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. But you gotta be honest. You gotta John. look at the entire. No, man. You John, know, John, John, John. You're fucking heavyweight. Dude, what are you doing, Mister Weight? Dude, what I can miss doing? weight. I can miss weight. Jeez. <laughs> no, come on, man. I mean, he he was in a position where they're putting him into quarantine, and, and it's like uh, he can't train. I mean, it was like. Eh. I admit, I'm the first person to say, man, I, I tell you, that's part of your job, man. You make weight. And he should have made weight. He should have been back in. The, he has a, you know, I'm not as worried about Justin Taffa losing weight as I am a bantamweight, a flyweight, even mm-hmm. a featherweight. Mm-hmm. 
sit your ass in the sauna and lose the weight and make weight. Okay, it was two pounds. You definitely have the two pounds to lose. So it's not like, you know, you're sucked dry. But I, I take a look at the situation. He was in a bad situation, you know, with what was occurring around him. So I'll, I'll kind of give it to him. He's getting guys, punished by losing some money. You guys, this is John trying to side with the heavyweights. Because he's <laughs> no, a dude. fucking heavyweight. That's why. John being yeah. a heavyweight homer. John is a homer for heavyweights. Heavyweight you guys, homer. You guys- Norm- normally, I would be all over and say, man, that's just bullshit. But I kind of look at it, man. He got screwed. Heavyweights only got to sit in the sauna for less than two minutes to lose two pounds. I swear. <laughs> I used to sit in the sauna with Bobby Southworth. I kid you not. 20, 30 minutes, he had lost over 10 pounds. Yeah. Hands down, he would lose 10 pounds. I'm like, this is this is bullshit, man. I'd be in there for fucking like hour, hour and a half to lose 10, 15 pounds. It would take me forever. I'd do like 30 minutes straight, take like a five-minute rest, come back in, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes off, five minutes off. It would take me forever to lose fucking 10 pounds. <laughs> Bobby Southworth walk in, quick. 20 30 minutes 10 pounds gone taffa 10 pounds two pounds it would take him 30 40 seconds i swear to you come on guy come on don't side with the heavyweights right i'm now. siding with Get justin taffa on this one jeez uh um, he got screwed all right the uh i'm gonna skip the mercy <laughs> and look at it this way hold on just think about it the man set a record okay <laughs> they're all record, they're all big record. into the records today and that was a record so hey Congratulations, Justin. You set a record. You're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to skip the Mershar fight. To me, it was kind of boring. I was I was falling asleep, actually, to be honest, during it. There was a lot of wrestling, a lot of grappling. A lot of there was a lot of grappling. It was a lot of just laying on each other until someone made a mistake. But it was so, a very nice what, finish. But it was a nice finish. It but was a nice finish. It just didn't, didn't tickle me fancy. I was like actually in and out of sleep. Trying, trying to watch the fight, John. I'm being honest, man. Well, then Cub Swanson uh, should have woke you up, man. He because woke my he ass up. There you go. He looks so damn good. And when they started talking about his family, I was like, ooh. God, oh, I know. This is not a recipe for a good good thing. I just started freaking out. I'm like, no. Because we, we all know Kenda. And Kenda, they have three beautiful children. Yep. And he's such a great guy, he's man. He's a great he guy. He trains with those guys. He trains with uh, Juan Archuleta and TJ Dillashaw and that whole crew. And they're just, they're great people, man. I mean, like, you guys can feel how you want about any of them individually. But honestly, like, Cub is a fucking amazing person. Cub's an awesome guy. Also, you know, Cub works, he he works out and he, he does training for people at the UFC gym in Costa Mesa. And he's a goddamn fucking hero there. For the stuff he does, he's just a good fucking human being. He's a good guy. He's a, you know, he's a good husband to Kendra. He's a great father, and he's been a great fighter for the UFC. He's always gone out there and tried to give everything that he has. And this was a very impressive performance. And I liked the way that he was actually. I liked the game plan that they had, keeping his hands down low. That was going to help stop the takedowns because his hands are in position to help with you know stopping the takedowns if Elkins is going for him. I thought that was kind of smart. He's going to be much faster than Elkins, so you're looking saying, eh, I can, he, we can put our hands down here. His head movement was on. Elkins would throw. He would just slip the shot. Boom, he'd come up and hit him, and he was he was smacking Darren. Darren was oh. getting touched up, man. Uh, he yeah. scares me every time he fights, man. He, he's, he can accept damage, but you can only accept so much. Yeah. 
there comes a point when the ref needs to just realize, like, I know this fighter can accept damage. I know he can continue to take this. But how much further do we really want to allow this to go? Because he is someone who's taken damage, so much damage throughout his career. I don't want to be that ref that allows that to happen for continue to happen the way it was tonight. Oh, yeah. He, the, he wasn't just getting hit and like, okay, I'll walk through it. He was getting hit and rocked. Oh, yeah. It was noticeable. He got dropped to his knees. He got wobbled a little bit. He got rocked back a little bit. It was, okay, this is not where I want to see. I don't care who you're fighting, but Cub is also one of those guys that when he hurts you, he's trying to put your ass away. Oh, yeah. And so when, when you're dealing with someone like a Cub Swanson and you're dealing with, with Darren, who you know takes damage, as a ref, you have to understand this the, the amount of damage he took in just that short a period of time was too much. And so I thought I was I was very supportive of the stoppage, and I know I want to let the person go out on their shield. I want that. I, I will always be that person. But when we start getting to those guys that have been known to take damage, we've got to start putting a line like, "Hey, I know you can take it, but these are real heavy, heavy." I can shots. only let you take so much. I thought yeah. Herb did a great job with that. He let him go as far as he could, but you could see when he stopped it, he steps in between because Darren was Darren's falling down, going on yeah. his face. It was over. There's yeah. no reason to have to see the final nail put in the coffin and have him asleep. That is not necessary. It was a great stoppage. He was unable to defend himself at that point, and it was a great win for Cub. Well, this is what I've always said, Like, and you were in the back with me quite a bit uh, throughout my career, and I told you every single time, and I told every ref this. I said, you do not stop this fight until I stop moving. Yeah. Said, just give me that respect because outside of the ease fight up until the end of my career, my very last fight, I had never, I'd never been finished. There was the ease fight, which mm -hmm. obviously a lot of people would have been finished by that fight. Yeah. And I can accept that. And then there was the Patricky fight and, and I was 39 years old, whatever it was. And I was thinking to myself, this is it. This is, I'm done. Like this to me in my mind, when I got done with that fight, I'm like, I can't take the shot. Like I used to take a shot and you have to come to grips with the reality with Darren Elkins. He can still take the shot. But he just is not there. That's the problem. Like, with me, with the Patricky fight, I went down. Like, okay, you go down, it's over. The, you know, where with him, he keeps coming, which yeah. is even worse, to be honest. Oh, like, it's totally career, worse. That's worse. I had it fighters is. that I train with all the time. You could hit them hard in the gym, and they would, like, they were almost stoned. They would just look at you like they were like, stuck in stone. Yep. Frozen. But they didn't realize they were out. They were out. Yeah. And I just, I, There's is, nobody is, home. Is someone you're, yeah, you're sparring with him. You're like, okay, I got to stop. And they're like, oh, keep coming. I'm like, no, no, you, you, I'm over here now. You're not even facing me anymore. I'm way over yeah. there. Yeah. So, in, in that, that's a, the reality you have to face it. Sometimes you have to be the person to tell them that you got to stop. Yeah. And so for him, he can keep fighting, but he can't fight people like Cub Swanson's level or beyond that because he's just got to, the realization is that you're doing it for money. And you're not, you're not you're not making that title run, and so that's the hardest part of it. And, and I don't like to give Herb Dean a lot of credit because Herb and I have our own beef. <laughs> but and I like Herb to be honest. I like him as a person. He's a good. But when person. it came to refing, when it came to refing my stuff, I feel like he always fucking there was just things he did that just bugged me. But I like him though. Um, but but honestly, I thought he did a wonderful job tonight. It was he a did. great call. The stoppage was fabulous. I thought it was a good job because. Darren's got to just be cautious, and I think as a ref, you got to be cautious of those type of fighters that can take those the, that type of damage. Yeah, it's a it's a rough it's a rough call because you got a guy doing in the back exactly what you would always do, and some other guys, you know, don't you know, don't stop if you know you see me, I I can take damage, you know, you get the whole thing, and you, 
as the referee, you go, yeah, I know. I'll let you go as far as I can let you go, you know, and you, yeah. and you try to make them feel confident in what you're going to do. But Darren's one of those guys that, you know, you have seen him take a ton of damage. That's why it's tattooed on his chest. And yeah. you've, it's, it's one of those ones you're looking, you got to be very careful with that kind of fighter, especially when he's fighting someone that has a speed advantage and has yeah. good power in his hands like Cub because it can end quickly and badly. And that's why I thought, Herb did a great job with that fight. He let him go as far as he could, and in the end, he stopped him at the right time. So, yep, perfect. Uh, Gamrot versus Fajeda. Fajeda, um, and I thought Fajeda was looking good, not in terms was. of winning the fight. No, I didn't think was, he was it winning. Was, it was, a, but he was, it was doing a good. close fight, though. Back and forth, it was a close fight. There was moments where Fajeda could have started taking ahead, coming ahead, but he just couldn't stop the takedowns. He was continuing to scramble, but I want people to understand. I've fought one time with two broken ribs in my sternum. I've heard, and I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that floating ribs and ribs like that are down below, when you break those or those get displaced or anything, it's fucking way worse. So I had them in my sternum where I couldn't breathe, but it was still kind of held together with my sternum and the, and the other ribs because they were right in the middle. I can't imagine the little bottom, little lower ribs, which is where it looked like the knee landed. Yeah. If he got hit with that and you're trying to take a deep breath and like you're trying to move and turn and twist, yeah, I'll take a hard pass on that, guys. By the way, I'll take a hard pass. <laughs> yeah, you try to body lock me or you try to hold me like that and you're squeezing on me after my ribs broken, no thank you. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. I I've had a couple of broken ribs in my life. Yeah, I've heard. You know, and uh <laughs> and I've had I've had the floating rib broken and stuff. Yeah, it's once it breaks and you go to take a, a breath and you go and it's like uh oh and you it's just horrible you know and it's like you can't get the breath and it's like you know and you feel it and i have no problems there was a someone who was saying oh that's bullshit that's a submission no it's not yes he he basically tapped out yeah. one of the things people need to remember we don't they don't use and they tried to get away from in the uh ending of the fights they got away from tap out mm. now they you know tap out due to submission if it was a rear naked choke or something like that yes they'll say that but when the fighter basically taps out of that due to a strike that's a tko i know there were some people asking me questions on it's a tko you know yes he asked for the fight to stop that's why jason herzog stopped the fight at the moment that you know he was doing it i was watching him going is Jason saying that was a foul? That's not a foul. What do you know? Cause yeah, kind of was like, you know, talking with him, but it was, you know, Fahea saying, Hey, I, I, I gotta stop. And not, there's nothing wrong with that. There comes that point you can get hurt and it's like, you need to stop But great win for Gamron. He's look at, he's, he's a, he's a guy they're going to have to look out for because he does have the ability to put the fight onto the map. And he does it well. His stand-up is not, you know, not super explosive, but it's good. It can keep him in the fight. It can get him to positions. And his his takedowns, he he's got some dynamic, you know, entries at times where he gets in deep and he gets a guy down. He's going to be problems for a lot of guys in, in that division. So I just look at it. And I think that's um, lightweights. Look out because this guy's going to be just a pain in your ass, always taking you down. You're going to have to fight it off. He's got yeah, that Gregor Gillespie look. What you got to remember is this. 
is that GSP was never the best striker. He was never the best grappler. Never this. Never the best submission guy. Yep. He was the best at putting it all together at whatever your weaknesses was. So, and sometimes he exploited what you thought your strengths were. Yeah. So, like Josh Koscheck, he actually went out there and took Koscheck down. He dominated the feet, but then he mixed it up so much he kept Koscheck guessing. And Koscheck's one of my teammates and one of my closest friends throughout my career. A big pain in my fucking ass, <laughs> but still one of my closest friends. Do you do you remember? The first fight between George and Koscheck when it wasn't yes. a championship fight? Yes, I do. Do you remember yes. the takedown that Josh Koscheck had? He had a double leg flare yep. that he had George up five and a half, six feet in the air yep. and had him sideways in the air. And George never hit the fucking ground other than with his feet. <laughs> I will do you one better. I will do you one better. Go back to, to GSP and... um. And Matt Hughes, their second fight in Sacramento. I remember he that. Hit, he hit him that double leg, and fucking GSP switches in the air yep. from one side of the wizard to the left side of the Pretty wizard. Pretty fucking or whatever it was. cool, wasn't it? In the air, he switches and defends that takedown. And I thought to myself, Holy Matt Hughes is losing this fight. Oh, yeah. He's losing this fight. There's no way Dude, he's winning he this fight. Dude, when he didn't get that takedown, I was like, oh, yeah. you're so screwed. You're so screwed. <laughs> There's no way. When he was in the air, he switched from wizarding one side to the next and defended that takedown. I'm like, Matt's not winning this fight. Yeah. And the same thing happened with Koscheck. Koscheck had his feet above his fucking head. He posted the hand and brought his legs back, and he landed on his damn feet like a cat. And I'm thinking to myself, Josh, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, you, look, you go, what? You know, I would do that. Standing in the cage, I was like, you got to be shitting me. Koscheck said the same shit after the, going into that fight. And probably, I'm sure Matt Hughes thought the same thing. You cannot teach a grown man how to wrestle at the level that I wrestle at. Bullshit. It's different. It's Apparently MMA. not. Apparently that's not true because <laughs> GSP never wrestled a goddamn day in his life. Nope. <laughs> so, but he learned real quick wrestling at Simon Fraser and some other schools that were up in Canada that had really damn good wrestlers. Like Egali was from there. He was an Olympic gold medalist yep. who came and wrestled out of Simon Fraser absolute stud and so gsp was up there wrestling with those type of guys and just thinking to myself damn if he got that good that quick he is going to be someone to reckon with the rest of his career and sure enough guess what to me he's still the greatest uh welterweight of all time oh, but uh but absolutely so when i look at gamrot i think i think the same thing you think is that he is not the best striker he's not the best nope. wrestler he's not the best submission guy but he knows how to exploit your weakness, and he is good. He is good all the way around. Now, he needs to get better, but, which I think he will yeah. in terms of with his level of competition and his confidence. And I think once those things get better, he's definitely going to be someone to reckon with, like you said. Yeah. Absolutely. He's going to be fun to watch, though. All right. Ricky Simon. Where I fucked up. I or thought Simone, Asuncao had a better chance. I thought I thought Rafael Asuncao was going to have a way better old. chance. Getting old. Getting old. Yeah. The speed was a huge factor. Yeah. Just you saw the speed difference in the tenacity, the just the energy. Just of, the explosiveness. Which Ricky, yeah. Which Ricky brought just that aggressiveness like you cannot bully me around. Well, he bullied. He bullied. Yeah, he did. Us and Cal. Uh, he just bullied yeah. him the whole fight. Let's just be yeah. honest. Yeah. You know, Rafael was trying, but it just he was a step behind the entire time. And then the shots that he got hit with, you know, he, he got hurt, yeah. man. He went out that way. You know, he came right back, but he went out. So, yeah. you know, it, it, this is one of those ones you're looking at it and you're going, it's time. 
yeah. things aren't going to get better. He was, you know, ranked twelfth. You know, he's going to get dropped down, and you got to figure out what's the reason you're fighting. Yeah. You know, and so. Yeah, he was ranked number twelve. You have. Uh... I mean, what do you see him going from? I, mean, I could see him potentially being used as a Sean O'Malley, like Stepping Stone, Song Yedong. You could see a Cody Stamen. Like, I could see them trying to do that to him. But, I mean, realistically, I mean, he's going to probably drop out of the top 15. To I think honest. he's going to be out of the top 15. Yeah. Cause, you know, and, you know, figure it out. You got, you know, Ricky's got to be moving up somewhere in there. Yeah, so absolutely. He might be absolutely. behind, you know, O'Malley or something like that at, you know, 14 or something. Or, I, I don't think he should taking be O'Malley's spot the at 13. He finished, he, if he, the fact that he finished a sunset, I don't think he should be behind Sean O'Malley. And I'm, I know, I know. There you guys. go. You hate. I do not O'Malley. hate Sean O'Malley. You're a Sean O'Malley you hater. <laughs> Sean O'Malley is doing the We had smartest. a viewer that said it. They actually wrote a whole thing on he wrote me a big ass long pen. I get like two or three every time we do a show. We talk about Sean O'Malley about how how much I hate him, and I don't hate him. I actually really, really no, you like really like guy. him. I know that. I actually really like him. I love everything about him. I love his fighting style. I love his. I love the way his persona is outside of. That. I mean, like I'm huge Nate and Nick Diaz fans as well, and he reminds me a lot of what they were when they were younger. Yeah. And I love everything about him. I love the flashy hair, the weed smoking, the. You know, all the other stuff that he does. I think it's all great for his reputation as well as his brand. I love everything about it. But he hasn't beaten a top 10 guy. So I think since what since Simon, Ricky Simon's beat uh, Rafael Sansao, he should be ranked of Sean O'Malley. That's what I think. Now, that doesn't mean, but, but here, Sean O'Malley, the reason why he hasn't fought any of those top guys, you want to know why? Because he wants more money to fight those top guys, which is brilliant. I've said that a thousand times. I think it's smart that he does that. I, and so for you guys to think that I hate on him, no. But I do think because he beats uh, Ricky Simon, beats someone a, a ranked ahead of him, he should be ranked ahead of him. And that's it. I like Sean. I think Sean's definitely going to get into the top five, top seven, top four, whatever it is here shortly. You know, because when I look at this ranking system, right, outside of Chito Vera, who he's already lost to, which is his only loss, I believe. Marlon Marais, I think he's got a good chance of beating him. It's a tough fight, but I think he's got a, he's got a good chance of beating him. Okay, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think he potentially could beat Frankie. I think he beats Fra- uh, Pedro Munoz. I think he be, uh, I think he'll beat Marlon Marais. I think he beats I think he beats Dominic Cruz. I really believe right now in this time, I think he beats Dominic Cruz. Marabi has a hard time with. Yeah. The 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 amount of wrestling, the amount of just aggressiveness, that just tenacity that he brings, it's going to be a tough fight. I'm not saying he can't win. No. I'm saying it's a tough fight. But you get in that Rob Font, that Cody Stan, uh Sanhagen, all right, let's 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 start slowing our roll a little bit, okay? Like let's just dial it back. I think there's still good fights, but but here's the thing. He's going to fight one or two more fights before he gets to those which guys. Which is only going to make him better. Which is going to make him better. And he's going to build the confidence. And yeah. so I, I'm all behind Sean O'Malley. I think he is a stud. I think he is somebody that UFC is looking at going, hello, I'm ready to start cashing in those checks and those pay-per-views. That's where they're taking him. That's exactly oh, yeah. where they're taking him. Absolutely. So they know that. They're looking at him as like the second coming of Conor McGregor. Now he won't be a Conor McGregor. Maybe he will, but he's not going to be that level. He's not going to fight. He's not going to fight Floyd Mayweather. He's not doing that type of stuff to bring in that type of revenue. But he will be up there at the top. I would put him probably close to somebody being up there in terms of making the money. I could see him making probably up in that DC 
John Jones money because those guys, you know, they always hit the 700, 600,000 pay-per-views. You know, I think I think, I think think only John broke a million once in his whole career. And then he, look how long he's been a champion. But guys like GSP, that level, I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Just just a little bit. I mean, just a little he bit. could. He could, though. It depends. If he comes out and starts with Rob Font and, and Aldo and, and TJ and those guys, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. But he's got to start those guys. If you're not starting those guys... Then no, I don't think so. But I think he still wouldn't be up there. He's going to be a big breadwinner for them. And the UFC knows that. That's why they're doing what they're doing with him right now. They're yeah. letting him slow play themselves. But so I, good stuff. And let's just be honest. The guy that won this fight that we were supposedly talking about, Ricky, mm-hmm. that's a tough fight for Sean O'Malley. Ah, it, that's a tough yeah. fight. It is. That's a tough fight. Ricky is a grinder. And grinders like him will cause problems. For guys that are technicians, if he can get into them. So the real question is, can he get into them? Or can Sean use his skills and his techniques to keep him at length and pick him apart? All right. I'm gonna play I'm gonna play a devil's advocate here because that's what I do. I do that very well. That's here. <laughs> By the way, John. No, no. I think Ricky, I agree with you. Ricky is the the antidote for someone that potentially could beat Sean O'Malley. He's that style of fighter that can beat Sean O'Malley. Yep. But I don't think he beat Sean O'Malley. Okay. I think Sean O'Malley with the long push kick, the up the up the middle uh, push kick to the face, the long jab, the stick and move, the cardio to go three rounds. Now, is it a five round fight or is it a three round fight? Are we talking about? Doesn't Talk matter. You, I'm just saying, if you look at it, Ricky is doing the same thing that O'Malley is. Ricky's getting better. Ricky's yeah, way better right now than he was when he first came in the UFC and beat Marab. Mm-hmm. Right. So got to win against Marab in that first fight. He's had, you know, a loss, but he's got it going on now. He's got his training camps in position where I think he's comfortable. He's got Fabio Skerner and, you know, the American top team, uh, Portland, that he's with, and then he comes down into the Irvine area and he works out with Colin Oyama, and he's comfortable with his stand-up there, and it's getting better. So I think right now he's got himself tuned into where now he's starting to gain confidence with his stand-up. His stand-up was always that thing that he, he wasn't confident. He would throw his hands, but it was all over the place at times. It's starting to get better, and you can see where he's actually thinking about what he's doing. He's swinging his head off the center line. He's doing things where he's not allowing himself to be in a position to be hit. So it's things are getting better for him. And as we always say, confidence. He's getting confident, man. No, I agree. I agree with you, but like he just has just enough right now. Maybe in two more fights, he may be a little bit better, but he has just enough right now to get him in trouble with Sean O'Malley. Possibly, that's what he's got. Yeah. So, like the amount of confidence he has on his stand-up, I think will get him in trouble with Sean O'Malley. But in Sean off of his back, to me, that that dangerous Anderson Silva spider game, kind of like he's got that the long limbs, the armbar, the triangles, the way to get up. It's very hard to keep someone down who is that long. And so, and, and it's so funny because the last, how many shows I've ever talked to Sean O'Malley, people were going to, they've, all they've said is how much I hate him. And here I am going about him left and right saying, I want to see if anyone actually notices this. He, no. to me, the length and the reach is going to be the biggest problem. He's tall, long and lanky. Like I continue to say that style is just fucking horrible to deal with when you're someone like a Ricky Simone. You want to know why? Because you're trying to hold him down. He's, st- he's straightening his arm. He can just pull his legs out and he can defend in some sort of like hook sweep or some sort of like rubber, not rubber guard, but a butterfly sweep, that type of position. 
that helps him get back to his feet. Those are the things that people have a hard time dealing with. If I take you down and you can give me the fucking Heisman, that stiff arm, okay, and all of a sudden now I'm down on your ankles, I can't hold you down anymore. And that's the biggest problem with someone like a Sean O'Malley. So if he doesn't want to be held down, he probably won't be held down. But he's still pretty good. He's pretty damn good off of his back. His armbar triangle game and his his ability to scramble and his ability to like grapple off his back He's pretty damn good. Now, we don't see a lot of it because he's so damn good on his feet. He likes to stick and move and use that reach and that range to his advantage. But I think Ricky Simone has just enough striking right now to get him in trouble. But in two fights, that may change. Yeah. Well, soon soon we will see. Let's be honest, John. They are not making that damn fight. No, they're not. They are not making that fight. We just spent five minutes talking about that fight. It's never going to happen. Exactly. But let's talk about a fight they did make, which was Amanda Lemos versus Angela Hill, where I, you know, you, and there, here was another first for the UFC. Angela Hill set the record by the starting the fight by having the most, you know, straw weight fights. Congratulations. That says, you know what, you're, you're uh, always doing it. You're always getting in there. You're in the gym. So way to go. But I thought she won the fight. She got fucking robbed, John. Okay. It wasn't, I thought she won the fight. She lost the first round, but she she won the second. There's no way in the world you can tell me she didn't win the second round. There's no way. No fucking way. Well, someone needs to tell the dumb judge, what's his name, Crosby, (laughs) that fucking this is not how you score rounds because that was bullshit. She won the second round, hands down. I had her win in the third round as well. I can see the third round being close, but it wasn't that close. She so won either. the damn fight. Angela Hill, you won the damn fight. Angela Hill, you won that fight. I'm sorry you yeah. didn't get it. You deserved it. You fought your ass off. It was a great performance. And it seems yeah. to happen to her. It's happened to her a couple of times, man. It's a shitty situation because she she fought through some a lot of adversity in that first round. Yeah. And at the end of that first round, she landed a great shot on, Lam- what's her name? Lamos. Lemos. 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 Yeah, she landed a good shot on her. It also kind of rocked her, not to the point where it dropped her, but it still put, put it, it landed a clean shot. It was noticeable that she was in trouble, noticeable that she was rocked. But I thought Angela Hill won the second and third round, hands down. And I feel bad because we have had this problem, John, with the same damn judge. And I know he, <laughs> and I know I've got to, we've, I've got to tread carefully because we work for a promotion and we, we deal with this guy a lot. But it's, it's embarrassing. He seems to come up on the wrong side every damn time. And it's well, he's not upsetting. on the wrong side. Hold on. I want you to think about this. He's not on the wrong side. There was another judge that went 29-28 and gave it to Lemos. And, okay, there was one judge, Mike Bell, went and gave it 29-28 to Angela Hill, which I thought was yeah. the correct score. There was the 30-27, which was just yeah. no ridiculous and then there was a 29 28 for limos which gave her the split decision victory but you look and you go see this is this is the problem because the odd man out is the guy that probably got it right yeah it's it's upsetting though like yeah. I, I, I i can't even it was so noticeable that she won the second and the third that i when I heard it was a split, and I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" That's how that, I was just like, about what you, gotta, I said. "You got to be kidding me!" It's a split. How, how, I don't, I don't understand how you got to a split. So, 
but like I said, we, we like you and I both, but I mean, like we both got to be very careful about how we talk about this because the judges, we see them all the time. We work for the cut. We work for Bellator and it's like. But the, Bellator was, or the UFC doesn't hire these people. Okay. As far as in this situation, this is, this is the, the commission that's bringing that person in. You know, well, there's, there up. are times when the UFC hires people. Because they're going to, you know, Abu Dhabi or going to a, get that. a different place. And they're, they're the ones hiring the officials. But in this situation, they're not. This is Vegas, right? This is Vegas. How, in the f- How did whatever Crosby get his ass all the way to Vegas? Just stay in fucking Connecticut or wherever the hell you're from. Go- stay there. Because you're ruining people. This, these little things, like, this, this is not a little thing. John, this ruins fighters' careers. And I have been, and I've I've worked for Bellator for a little about four years now. I have been part of some decisions by him and some other judges as well, not just him. I know I'm pointing out him tonight because that's he was part of this decision. But I've been part of this several times where he has not just been off by like, okay, 29, 28. It's been 30, 27 the wrong damn way. Like completely the wrong damn way. Like what? Da- I almost there's moments where I look and I go, "Did you mess up on your card and put the wrong name?" <laughs> I could see it thirty twenty seven the other way, but not thirty twenty seven the way you saw it. That's that is how bad the decisions have been. And so whoever hires him, we've got to figure out a way to like put him on the undercard. Even on the undercard, you're still dealing with someone's career, and that's the problem. There's got to come a time where you say, look, it's just not working. We got to cut you. Like, if you're not doing your job, it's time to fire your ass. It's gotten to that point, John. And, I, and I don't, I'm not going to say you agree, but I know you agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it's, it. It's frustrating, John, because as a fighter, I know how much these, these fighters put so much into it. Yeah. And to get robbed the way that she got robbed tonight, Angela Hill, I feel for After you, on fighting her ass off. You fought your damn ass off. You took a lot of punishment in that first round. You, yep. an- you you finished that first round like a fucking savage. And then you came back, and I thought you won clearly the second and the third round. You did not deserve to lose that fight. And it's frustrating to see that I know the judge that continues to do this to, to so many fighters. And it, I don't know what training he needs to go through to figure this shit out, but it's really frustrating, John. Oh, trust me. He, he attacks me all the time, so. Well, yeah, he needs to get punched in the, pay, in the face. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> he doesn't like me because I was going to say another I'm word, to him. but I got uh, caught up in between. Hey, this Dave, and the Dave do me opinion. a favor. There's a thing called MMA Verdict. See if they've already come out with a thing on that fight. It, they, they do a, there's a whole judging thing with MMA Verdict. See if they did the Angela Hill versus uh, Lemos fight. Those are old right there. What the hell are you looking at? Jesus. I'm on VerdictMMA.com, just the home. Okay, homepage. that would be it. Um, what was the... These are it would have been Angela pictures. Hill versus Amanda Lemos. Yeah, let's keep going. Just, this is kind just, of cool. See, I never I never knew about shit like this. Yeah, there you go, man. Uh, See, the, uh, this is actually really good because they'll take a wide range and they'll give a, a percentage for the round. So... Sometimes, you know, the percentages will be the guy will win two rounds, but in the end they'll say he's got the better score overall, but it doesn't work when you're using a, a 10 point must system, but it's a good, it's a good system as far as seeing where they thought that the people, um, 
I'm downloading the app, so I'll, yeah. Okay, you download it. We'll come back. We'll come back. <laughs> All right, Bilal Muhammad taking on Stephen Thompson. Dude, it's, it's it's over. Not much to talk about. It's over. I'm just yep. telling you. Bilal, great job. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. This is where I was listening to Michael uh, Bisping on it. He's saying, you know, this is so frustrating when you're Stephen yes, Thompson. Of course it is. But that's why it's MMA because you can be Stephen Thompson and be able to keep it on your feet and light Bilal Muhammad up or you can be Bilal Muhammad and use your grappling to put Stephen Thompson in a position where he can't use any of that great skill that he has. And that's what he did, and that's what makes MMA what it is. It was a very smart and a great performance by Bilal. And Stephen, I love you. He's slowing down, and it, it is the difference maker. In the, you know, he landed some good stuff in the fight, but it just can't, he can't maintain and, and that 25-foot cage for him is death. I know he's had fights, and I know he's won there, but you just look, and if a guy's going to be able to put pressure on him like Bilal is, it puts him where his, he, his back foot is up against that cage wall all the time, and all it takes is that one motion. All of a sudden, he's got a guy into him, pushing him into the cage, and then you know they're working towards the takedown, and guys have figured out how to get better at takedowns against the cage just like they've been you know better as far as defending against the cage but uh, a bit a big win for Bilal but I just don't see you know it's always been that question is Steven going to get that championship fight ain't going to happen anymore no um in a 25 foot cage 27 foot 28 whatever it is people have to remember 25 so 25 foot that's two and a half steps back and your foot is close to the fence that's it Yep. Remember the old key in the cage? What oh were they, my 14 God. feet? 18 foot. They were 18 foot? You take one foot. step out, Dude, you guys you're were dead. already face to face. That horrible. was it. You would both take one step out, and you guys were face to face. That's why some of those fights were some of the best. Those fights were some of the best in MMA history. They yeah. weren't the most technical, but they were fun as fuck to watch. <laughs> there was nowhere to go, great. man. You talk there was about, nowhere to go. You talk about phone booth fighting. They actually had a 14-foot cage for a while, and then they went to That's what I thought. Cage. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I thought it was Early 14 on, foot for a while. Oh, they did. Yeah. Wasn't, I think, I think uh, what was his name? Shad, Shad something? Fought Chad Dwayne Smith. Ludwig. Shad Smith fought yeah. Dwayne Ludwig. In a 14-foot cage. Yeah. That was one of the nastiest knockouts I'd ever seen up until, like, later on in my career. But, yeah, that was nasty. Anyways, uh, this was beautifully executed by Bilal Muhammad, uh, Stephen Thompson. You're right, John. He is getting slower. Yeah. Okay? The speed's not there. The ability to stop the strength is not there as well. What, what people have to remember is this. As you get older... Your physical tendon strength and all the other things that you used when you were younger to defend the takedowns, it's not there anymore. And, and that's, 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 you have to come to grips with that. And the reality is stuffing the takedowns over and over again and lifting his body up and getting him back up to chest level for an over under that is gone. When that's gone and you're, and you know, and you're predominantly all you are is stand up. What does that leave you? You are not going to have the strength to defend the, the takedowns against the cage. And if you're fighting a 25-foot cage, two steps back, you're against the cage. And when your whole game is to use your lateral movement and stick and move, you don't have very far to go. And Bilal, like, it, once it got to the point where Bilal threw one punch and he shot in, and once he hit the, the legs, he only had to do one step back and he was against the fence. 
So it made it easier for him to lock his hands, get the takedown. He struggled in the first round, but he was still, Stephen Thompson was still fresh in the first round. And Stephen Thompson is a professional. He comes in ready every single damn time to fight. Yep. The problem is, though, at 38, pushing 39, it's not there anymore. Now, he needs to ask himself, what does he want to do? Does he want to be a gatekeeper? Does he want to fight the tough guys? Does he, does he want other young c- kids to make their career off of him? That's a question that I had to ask myself. And I said, no. I said, look, I'm done. I walked away. It was that time. And it's up to Steven whether he wants to do that or not. But You saw that every- he said he wants to be the oldest fighter to fight in the UFC. Do you know what age that would be? 39. I'm sorry, 40. 40. Isn't it 49? No. 51. Who's that? Ron Van Cleef, go back to UFC 4. He fought Hoist Gracie. He was 51 oh, years Jesus. of age. I was thinking of uh, Randy, Randy Couture. Randy, what, 46, 48? Randy was 47. 47, 47, that's right. right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no thanks, man. Hard yeah. pass. <laughs> I, I Honestly, like, I'm only 43, 44, 43. I'm somewhere hey, You're 43, goddammit. 43, yeah, I'm 43. <laughs> See, I, I I'm honest that, about your age. You lie about mine all the time, but I'm honest about your age. I lie about mine, too. I know John, you, do. you know that. <laughs> I lie about mine, too. The older I say I am, the better I look. <laughs> so, no, I just, I, I like it. we've had this discussion a bunch of times. I walk past the cage and watch these guys get hit, and I'm thinking to myself, fuck, that looks horrible. I have no desire. I was watching T. Wood tonight and and uh, Poodle Hair Kid stand face-to-face in the cage and the, in the ring, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't miss that at all. Like the anxiety was going through me right then at that moment. I used to love fighting to the point where I couldn't wait to fucking punch somebody in the face. But at that moment I was watching them square off. I'm like, this don't look fun. Yeah. Especially when I saw Dacus and fucking Derek Lewis tonight. Oh. I'm like, Dacus, uh, you realize this guy is the hardest hitter I think ever. Is oh, he realized. He I just he just realized about three minutes into the first round. It took Jeez. that long. <laughs> what Brutal. did it take? Hold on. What did it take? It was... 336. Okay. I was close. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's talk about it. Derek Lewis and uh, Chris Dacus. Well, now we want to talk about one of our favorite sponsors. It is Fume. F-U-M. It is one of the best ways if you want to quit smoking or vaping. It is fantastic for that, getting that hand-to-mouth habit that you kind of built up over time. You can still have that, but now you're going to have it in a natural way that's healthy. You can do this in a bus, in an airplane, in a car, and it will not affect anybody else. You're going to take that fume prominence that you have. You're going to take one of the cores here, and you're going to fray the end of it and then take it and put it into that fume. You'll feel it. It's got essential oils. They're fantastic. There's all kinds of different flavors. My favorite is peppermint. But Conquer is great for you defeating your smoking habit. There's black pepper. That also helps. I need you to go to www.breathefume, that's F-U-M, no E, dot com, forward slash weighing in, and you can use the promo code of weighing in, and you will get 10% off of your order. You can order the prominent, you can order the cores, and you can start to become healthy, or you can actually help somebody else. Great Christmas present. Go to, like I said, www.breathefume and order one for someone that you know is a smoker, a vapor, someone that's got a bad habit, 
and is unhealthy, help make them a more healthy human being, better their lives, and get them on fume. It's fantastic. You need to do it now. Man, you know, this is where you just look at This is where power can change everything. Because Dacus was, you know, I, I like the way that what he was trying to do. He's trying to create angles. But if you're not hurting your opponent and it gets to the point where he goes, eh, you're not going to be able to hurt me, that's where problems come when he's got power. And it, it eventually, you know, it, it just the strength and size and speed, you know, because Derek Lewis is not a slow individual. He's no. got fast hands and he can move when he wants. Now, most of the time he's standing in one spot, you know, because look at that's his style. That's what he does. He's going to stand there and wait. But when he decides to go, he's got a lot of fucking output coming your way. And you've got to be able to either slow that down by getting a hold of him and neutralizing it, or you've got to be able to protect yourself the right way and use your feet to get yourself out of trouble. And Dacus wasn't able to do that once his butt hit the cage. He was kind of trapped there, and he started taking those shots. And it only takes one. And he got hurt. He was able to clinch up a little bit. Derek was able to separate. He kind of started throwing him back himself, and he got, you know, he actually hit Derek with a pretty good shot. And Derek just fucking lit him up and put him out. So, uh, you know, the power. Power is an equalizer to great skill or, or to toughness or anything, man. It, you know, Derek Lewis has got power out the gazoo. It's just can he land it? We've seen it too many times. Look at what he did to Kurt, you know, to Blades. Look at what you know he's done to other who's guys. The Look what tall, he, who's the big tall guy that used Volkov. to be a Bellator? Volkov. That Volkov. Guy. Yeah, he, he took his head off. Him. Yeah. That was some of the most vicious, nastiest grinding pound after he dropped. Oh, look at what like, he oh. did to Travis Brown. Oh, I mean, we've seen it too many times. He's got power. You know, yeah, I think what, I did it. I think I did his first fight. I don't know if it was his first fight. Maybe it was his second fight. I think he fought Jack May in in UFC. That was his first fight there. And man, he was. Yeah. Uh, did he fight Jack May in there? In UFC, Jack May. Yep, you're right. Yep. Jack yep. May. Was that the, was that his? Yep, that was his first fight. Yeah, John. If you're someone that fights him, your mind's got to be thinking, okay, he's just filling me out right now Yeah. for that first three and a half minutes. Oh, yeah. And then when you get to that three and a half minute mark and he starts doing jumping switch kicks in the air. <laughs> I love okay. that. Come on. When he, when he jumps up and he's doing that, you got to go, yeah. how the hell did you get I that ass up that high? No, no, you got to start thinking to yourself, I'm fucked. Because <laughs> he has no respect for anything I'm doing right now. No, if, none. If a big guy like that is doing a jumping switch kick in the air to my head, by the way, and I yes. feel like my body or my leg yeah, or whatever, man. he's like, he has no concerns about what I'm about he to do. He gives zero fucks about he, what you've done so far. <laughs> it's big, dumb. fat goose eggs. That's how many That's fucks it. he gives. He yeah. does, does not care. And so when I saw him leave the damn ground and do that jumping switch kick, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, Doc is a screwed right now. <laughs> and then he started touching him with some hands. The biggest mistake that Doc has made is after he escaped that first little barrage against the fence that pushed him back to the fence, Yeah, he tried to stand and trade. Yes, he didn't get Circle, out. Circle, yes. get out. Run away to the other yeah. side of the <laughs> Run, Forrest, run. run. 
Look, you guys, and, and look, and I can I can say this because I've done this. And when I fought Nate Diaz, guess what my game plan was? My game plan was to strike, circle out, run to the other side of the cage. Okay, like a chicken shit. Run to the other side of the cage because I knew they had a tendency of just walking yeah. after you. And, and then give you time. they gave me time to settle myself and go back. Nick and Nate both have that tendency of like, they would turn around and walk after you and say, what, what, bitch? Come on, fight, fight. They would do that. And I knew that. I follow, I studied so much game plan. And that's if five you, to six to seven seconds of time that you can go. <sighs> take a deep breath. You great. landed your shot. You left the judges with a good impression. And yep. you circled out and ran to the other side like a coward. Okay, but then, <laughs> It's not a coward. It's called brains. It's it's just called having a good game plan. That's it. But with Dawkins, he decided to stand and trade back. You don't do that with someone that is known for big power. Yeah. And with me, when I looked at Nate, I looked at his. He's someone that will stand in front of you. And he will trade twelve. He'll, yeah, he'll take 10, he'll take punches. yours to give his. That's the way he does it. Exactly. And so when you look at what he did, he should have circled out, ran to the other side of the cage, and then Derek Lewis would have had to reset. He would have been a different. And fighter, it would have and it would have taken Daryl at least. I'm sorry, Derek, it would have taken him a good 10 seconds to get to the other exactly. side. Exactly. Exactly. But here's the other thing. Here's your after time to Derek, recover. After Derek had flurried the first time, he would have turned around after you had circled out and ran to the other side of the cage. He would have been like, oh, shit, I'm tired. Damn, I just threw 12 punches or 15 punches in 30 seconds. I'm, I'm exhausted. You know what I mean? So it would have taken some gas out of him. He would have walked over, and they would have probably flurried a little bit more. But the bottom line is you have to use – Fight IQ. When we talk about fight IQ. That's what you need to use it for. In those moments when you just got rocked, circling out, not standing and training, not showing you got the bigger balls. Yep. It works for something. And that tonight, just he didn't have that. He thought, oh, I, I took everything he has. I'm going to strike back. No, 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 no. I have seen, we have seen, we, we have seen Derek Lewis knock dudes out with like a minute left, 10 seconds left, 12 seconds left. We've seen it happen. You want to know why? Because that power is the last thing to go. Tired or not, that big-ass hand touches you in the jaw, you're going to sleep. Yeah. And that's what we saw. We saw it tonight, and it was nasty. It was nasty. We've seen it before. We're going to see it again, I'm sure. He's got the most knockouts in UFC history, I believe. What is it, 13 or 14? Yeah. He's a stud. He's a stud. It really surprised me. <laughs> Why did they interview Dawkins afterwards after he'd been knocked? Because he got knocked out, dude. He went out. Yeah, he was why, out. Why are they interviewing him? I don't know. Joe Rogan wasn't there to tell him no. There you go. I think that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Bis Bisping. Just you have you have the power. Just tell the producer when he talks in your ear and says, Go talk to Dawkins, say no. <laughs> How was how was the did you listen to the commentary tonight? How was it, John? I listened to most of it. I listened to most of it. You know, look, I really like Paul Felder. I think Paul does a good job. I think Paul's absolutely and amazing. Bisping absolutely jumps down his throat at times, like it's like he wants to one up him at times. I don't get it, but it's so yeah. it's so different comparatively. You know, everything's different. You know the the UFC uses their two color guys being Paul Felder and Bisping to call their fight where Brendan Fitzgerald basically doesn't say anything. He does the promos. He'll say every now and then, and, you know, something with the fight, but very little where Bellator uses like Morrow. He talks all the time and I'll give little bits in there. And that's why we don't have a three man because they say there's not enough room for everything and stuff, but it's just the difference and stuff. But I think, you know, there's times when uh, I'm just gonna be honest. There's times when Bisping will step on Felder, and we call it stepping on someone when you yeah. talk over him. 
when Felder's given a good point. You know, he's given a really good point. He needs to let him go at times. I, I Daniel Cormier is going to kill me for this because I've already said this. I think Paul Felder is probably the best guy they have on their roster. And I love me, DC. DC is yeah. my boy. But I got to tell you, when it comes down to the fight knowledge and the actual breakdown of the actual individual techniques, Paul Felder speaks at a pace, which I have not got down yet myself. We've had this conversation when I'm doing the commentary. Sometimes I get so excited, I just like to start talking really fast. Paul Felder does it at a pace where everyone can understand. Well, and not only and that's does what it, I love about it's him. not only does he do it at a pace, he doesn't overdo it. No, he makes it simple. Don't you don't have to make it real complex, and he doesn't, and that that yep. makes it where people understand what he's saying. So it's a good job. You can also hear in his voice and the way he presents things that he's a very genuine person, and I really enjoy listening to him. Except I, I he can... puts ketchup on a Philly cheesesteak. Did you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear him say that? And I was like, I thought, he was, I thought it was from Philadelphia. Is he from Philadelphia? Yeah. And I go, oh, that's disgusting. You don't put ketchup on a chili on a Philly cheesesteak. Felder, we got to talk about this. this I know. Is not he, good, my friend. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's a flaw right there. There's there's Paul Felder's flaw. Sean Brady, Eddie Alvarez, get this. Get, get this guy a some hold help. of that dude. <laughs> get this guy some Just help. Slap some oh, sense into him, man. This guy, Philly. <laughs> are you ketchup on a Philly cheesesteak? Jeez. Ugh, <laughs> disgusting. All right, well, hey, that wraps up our coverage for the UFC tonight, and uh, we're going to break into this uh, Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul Poodle Hair Talk, and we're going to talk about that and the presentation of the show itself. But first, I want to say that, God, it was fucking horrible to watch. <laughs> it was so bad. John, it was must-not-watch TV. It oh, was bad. I agree. The whole thing was shitty. And look, I'm a Frank Gore fan. Uh, I thought Dar- Darren Williams. I thought I thought, I thought it was it, like it was bad boxing. I knew it was bad boxing, but it was, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't I couldn't watch after like round two. They were both exhausted. Frank Gore was really exhausted. Well, the first one was what um, Alamo versus uh, Paulo. Yeah, I think it was the Russian. It was the Australian guy. Paro, 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 Paro was the. I think Paro was the Australian yes. guy. Yes, and and these guys, Josh, these good guys boxers. were twenty-one and zero and twenty and zero. They were good, but they Going weren't to, like they were not twenty-one and zero good. No, they were okay. no. They were Julio Cesar Chavez twenty-one and zero. That's what they were. <laughs> Julio Cesar Chavez so was fifty and zero before he fought. Hopefully, somebody somewhere along the way, they become record. They become Julio Cesar Chavez, but. Yeah, hopefully. they weren't that that level of good. They weren't those guys. It was you, you know. There, there's all kinds of promotions and regional things where they'll put guys against other guys. That, you know, unfortunately, we'll call a can or something like that. Or and look, at, they're okay boxers. They're not that great. Jaws trying to be nice right now. I, well, <laughs> the best way okay, well, I, well, the reason I'm saying it is you're talking about a pay per view card here. Yeah. A pay-per-view card should deliver. Okay, I, like I've told you, I get two pay-per-views per month. That's my thing, right? So I bought the UFC, and I had Poirier versus Oliveira. Fantastic pay-per-view. Doesn't bother me in the least to put money out towards those guys. I think it's great, man. Have it. I hope you guys, you know, get paid more. And then you've got this one. Well. 
I've got two guys at 20 and oh and 21 they're, they don't belong at that level of fighting they're not pay-per-view guys okay all right maybe the first fight on the main card okay I'll give it to you then I got Frank Gore against Williams come on that's not uh, pay-per-view quality then I get Amanda Serrano who is the only fighter that I will say Yep. is pay-per-view quality yep. on that card. Her opponent was not tough. Not pay-per-view quality. Tough lady. Very tough. She took a lot of shots. She took she took so many body shots. She's going to be peeing bad stuff. And I, I gave her credit for not going down from it, but, you know, <sighs> Gutierrez did not have the skill set. She didn't have the speed. She didn't have anything to be in that ring with Amanda Serrano. So Amanda Serrano was, that's a pay-per-view quality fighter. I'll give it to you. You put Amanda Serrano against Katie Taylor, you've got pay-per-view quality. Yeah. And then I get Jake Paul against Tyron Woodley. Now, let's be honest. For six rounds, it stunk the place up. They both sucked. Yep. Okay. Now, it was a great finish for Jake Paul. Okay, big-time right hand that landed flush and put him face forward. But other than that, it absolutely was horrible. Yep. John, I think I was waiting for you to stop. Just I'm sorry. I didn't know how to, no, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to continue. Because I'm like, I'm ready to pass this shit up and move on to the next thing. I want to talk about the news. It was bad. The whole thing was bad. I like Amanda Serrano. She is absolutely, she is really damn good. Yes. And I really believe, I really believe that they need to up her level of competition because she's ready for that next level. She's been ready for that next level. She's a stud. She is someone that is ready for that, that big time, those big time shows. Now, I won't even get into the Frank Gore and Darren Williams thing. I'm not going to get into the the first fight. I'm I'm just going to skip all that because it, I don't it, I don't want to talk about. Let it. Let me say one thing. I have nothing against Frank Gore and Williams. No. I thought they both fought their butts off. They did great, especially for their first boxing match. But it's not pay per view quality. No. No. What? Here's the thing. I look at those guys. They've been professional athletes. Yeah. Football and basketball. I admire them for the fact that they got in there and actually understand now what it is about to be a fighter, what oh, yeah. it is to be a fighter. And when you heard Darren Williams at the end, like, okay, I'm going to let, let the professionals fucking handle this shit because this is not for me. That reality of, like, you fought four three-minute rounds and that's all, like, you're done. But every – and, like, I go, I, I go back to this whole – remember that show Fight Club? Remember the movie Fight Club? Yeah. You don't know shit about yourself until you've been into a damn fight. And these two guys found out what the reality was when someone's really trying to push you and take your head off. The average street fight lasts what? Less than a minute. Oh, my God. Not even close to that. 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Yeah. So I heard the average street fight lasts about 48 seconds. That's what I heard. (sighs) And that's because they move around a lot. (laughs) They don't really. (laughs) Without hitting each other. So that being said, if the average street fight lasts, say, 48 seconds. These guys fought four three-minute rounds. I tip my hat to them. That's yeah. a long time Hell to fight yeah. for 12 fucking minutes. Is the math right? 12 minutes? Okay, anyway. That's very good. That's <laughs> very good. I was being good. a smart ass. I was being a smart ass, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I tip my hat to them. These guys, 
They went out there. They did the best they could. You could see after round two. Frank Gore. After round two, like, I texted you after round one. I Frank said, Frank Gore is exhausted. He's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I did. I he's said, like, Frank Gore going to have a fucking Frank, heart attack. I said, he's going to have a heart attack, man. <laughs> I looked at him in the corner. His fucking mouth was wide open. Uh, and he was hunched over. His corners had to prop him up in the corner. I was like, oh, man, my boy Frank is not doing good right now. <laughs> He used to train at AK back in the day when he played for the Niners. Yeah. Him and my buddy, my, one of my one of my buddies, Marcel Reese, was the fullback for the Niners at the time. And the two of them would come in and train, and they'd do some boxing there at uh, at AK. And um, I was like, "Oh, Frank's got this, man. Frank's gonna beat this guy." <laughs> Shit, no cardio. Cardio is your. <laughs> it wasn't that he has no cardio. It's just he's not used no, to fighting. And no when cardio, you are that John. tight, no. When you look at when you're tight. And you're you have all that pressure. It, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Goes get that it. fast. All right, guys. I want to thank you guys, but I want to also thank one of our biggest sponsors, mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne in. Mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne in. And we're gonna give you a little bit of extra spending cash with mybookie.ag when you guys use that promo code Wayne in. The reason why is because if you use that little QR code that's right there, they're going to give you some extra cash. Just because you guys follow us, you listen to us, we want to thank you guys for supporting us. But there's a lot of things to gamble on. Look, you could have bet on the fights tonight. You could have bet on the fights next week and the ones last week that were fantastic. All the fights that are coming up, coming in the future, as well as football. The playoffs are coming about. A lot of games are getting closer right now in terms of football. Basketball is coming around as well. You've got a lot of top games right now coming to fruition that like are setting this, the precedent for the playoffs. So make sure that you guys use mybookie.ag for all of your guys' gambling site. Use that promo code Wayne in. You guys will not be upset with the fact that we've hooked you guys up a little bit of extra cash. And that's because we love you guys because you guys have been supporting us and listening to us. We want to thank you guys so much for being some of our biggest supporters Thank you so much. MyBookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne, and, and good luck on those gambling. All right, so look, Jake Paul, Tyrell Woodley, I thought it was a boring-ass fight all the way up until the very end. It was horrible. And that's exactly, I'm going to be 100% honest, Jake Paul looked like garbage. Yep. Tyrell Woodley, Say it. He, didn't, he didn't look good either. It was a lot of punching to hugging. It was. I felt like I was watching a Bernard Hopkins fight. Oh, thank that's you very how much. That's what I bad said. it was. That's what I, I think myself. These guys are punching to hug, punching to hug. It was. It was bad. Look, the the, the shot that landed at all is that Jake looked like he was going to go to the body. Tyrone tried to like bring his hand down to block it. Came over the top, right yep. on the jaw, face yep. down, ass up. And I feel really bad for T Wood because T Wood's my boy, and I want him. I wanted him to whoop his ass so bad. And I know this is on Showtime. I know Showtime's invested in the in the Jake Paul, but guess what? Yo, man, when you got friends that are fighting, you care for them, you want them to be successful. It it really bothered me that T Wood lost this fight. Look, if he would have lost the decision, I'd be like, all right, he lost the decision. But to lose the way he lost, fuck. Breaks my heart, man. It really does. John, yeah. it really hurts me. Oh, because I I know he got a lot of money. I I know he got a Rolex from uh Jake Paul. I know all these things, but guess what? Buy his own Rolex. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the biggest thing. Why are you doing this? These are things you could buy for yourself. These are things that you don't. This is this is the John. When I when I look at myself, right? Like when I went back and watched the Patricky fight, I never want to end my career like that. But guess what? I I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight beyond that to where it was the way it was tonight for T Wood. Yeah, like losing the way I lost I was like, look, you just you just can't do it no more. I don't want to do it anymore. 
So this is, I feel like for all these MMA guys, I want to go out there and fight these guys that are YouTube guys. They're young. What is he, 27, 28 years old? Oh, he's 24. Something like that. He's a baby. 24 to 39. There's a 15-year difference. You guys got to remember, when I was 24, 20, whatever it was, I was in the UFC, fucking or pride, fighting fight, fighting the best guys in the world. <clears throat> T. Wood is not the, one of the best guys in the world anymore. No. Okay? And he was never a boxer. And these guys, like, sure, they're YouTube stars, but guess what? They've dedicated a certain amount of time to box him a box only. And it's it's in their advantage. We don't just box only. Yeah, Here, but hold on. Hold on. You, no. He Nothing has to say he's going to convince me. Stop. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that Jake Paul says he's going to be going to AKA <laughs> in San Jose and training with Javier and Khabib to become an MMA fighter. I can't wait to see how they mesh together. I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. You bring that type of uh, YouTube nonsense bullshit talk around Khabib and the Russians. <laughs> Son, it's not going to be what you think it is. And that's the biggest thing. They they like I look, I do I think that they can help him become a, a MMA guy? Yes. Let me ask you this though. Where is he going to fight? Well, let's be honest. He's got a contract with Showtime. Uh, yeah. That's what I get. Yeah, but you're gonna if you if you try to go to the UFC, can't. Like you you all the shit you said about Dana White. Now you're gonna go fight for him. <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't Man, it? Man, you stupid as fuck. <laughs> uh, you dumb. I, I I just I don't understand. Like I don't see how he could go there. And if he went to Bellator, I, I, I you're gonna fight at one. Think about this. Gegard Mousasi is your weight class, dude. Like, I'm thinking to myself, if I look at the guys in that bracket at 185, Austin Vanford fucking destroys you. Johnny Eblen destroys you. Uh, Tokov destroys you. I'm trying to think of a guy that you can actually beat in the top 10. But I'm not saying you're going to fight the top 10 guys. I know you're not because that's not what you're going to do. But tell me, John. But on. Listen to what he says. I don't see why if I can do boxing at that high of a level that I couldn't do MMA at this high of a level. I'm going to go get coached up by Mendez and Team Khabib, and that's that. They're down 100%. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kevin uh, Holland went and trained with DC for a couple of weeks in wrestling. How'd that work in his last fight? <laughs> I'm like... Bro, well, that was a headbutt in his last fight, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but still, you yeah, just got some butt. time. It was, but I'm still saying. I mean, how's it all going to work out? John, you know, it, like, like, I'm not saying that Koscheck was, like, it's hard to teach someone wrestling at, a, at an older age. Well, here, hold on. Jake Paul wrestled. His brother did, not him. No, he wrestled, too. I, oh, I didn't, did. I didn't know that. He Maybe wrestled. He, wasn't, any he wasn't as good as his brother, Yeah, but he wrestled. So I saw his brother wrestling with Paul Acosta. Now, no, Paul no, Costa, no. His brother not, can wrestle. Not a good wrestler, but he's good in terms of athleticism. Yeah. Anyways, 
Well, I don't know what that outfit is. He looks like the, what's what? Dave, podcast Dave, you're one of those nerds that watches movies like that. What was that movie that? Look, was, look at him now. He's spent it was nuts. called Ass Something, where the kid ran out and was like trying to be a superhero. He's got a Bella like Club. No, no, this is a, what's, the, what's that? Oh damn, what's the one? Super something or other. I can't think of it. He's got like a Bella Clava on there. It's like, what no, are you doing? Dave, there's a movie about a guy. It was like super ass or super something. Uh, kick ass. Kick ass. ass. Super kick, kick ass. ass. That's it. Is that, is that what he's trying to be? I don't think so. Gosh. <laughs> he, he, he said looks what like it was at a press conference. I can't remember. He looks like a super dumbass. That's what he looks like. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. Uh, well, that wraps up our T. Wood and Jake Paul conversation. And it wasn't good. Jeez, man. It's well, it was good if you're a Jake Paul fan. Ah, it was a good boy. knockout. I'll give him that. It was a beautiful right hand. Landed flush. Okay, ESPN says, Jake Paul says he's talking with Khabib's coach, Javier Mendez, training him. Oh, my God. Javier. Gosh, we just talked about that. Javier, please. No, I was, re- I was reading ESPN's post on it, though. Not this could be. Hold on. Think about this. This could be the end of Khabib and Javier. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Be careful, Javier. What you what you're doing? Uh, because Javier Javier would cut Javier would cut uh, Jake. Cut ties with Jake. Yeah, he wouldn't, know, he wouldn't even allow the ties to happen. I just saw he said a hundred percent. It's a done deal. Um, geez, don't this is me. your camp, aka Javier, Javier. Don't embarrass us like this. It used Please. to be a very high quality. I'm gonna I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get in shape just so I go in there and just get some fucking rounds with him. I'm gonna get a little bit in shape just so I can <laughs> a couple rounds, just a couple rounds. Just give couple. me a little bit. Of, give just me a couple. little bit of rounds with him. Couple. All right, hey, let's get into some news real quick. What you got for us there, Dave? All right, let's hop into this first thing. Comes from the Showtime pay per view as well. Um, oh, backstage, D- Nate Diaz and AJ McKee got into it, got in a brawl, and then um, uh, AJ came out afterward and basically said like. Nate, as soon as you get out of that UFC contract, let's, let's you know, let's do it, whatever we do it. Um, <laughs> but he said it's on site, quote unquote on site. So now, basically, when he sees Nate Diaz, they're gonna fight. Uh, no, they ain't fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they AJ McKee, AJ McKee, you you you're worth a lot of money now because I know you're about either you just resigned or you're about to resign a pretty fat ass contract. Good for you, AJ. Don't, don't do anything stupid. Like, don't fight people for free. Yeah, that's, that's the, the dumbest. Dude, I love, no, no, no. You got to love that. Come on. That's the best. Don't Here you fight. are, a guy that actually makes his living as a fighter, and you're going to say, I'll do it right now for free. Yeah. Dumbest yeah. thing you ever said. Don't fight for free. Stop, man. Like, I love I, you it. are so damn talented at such a young age. Don't fight these guys for free. Now, let's get into the whole Nate Diaz, uh, AJ McKee fight. First, it, first guys, it's not going to happen. No. Okay, a, Nate is still with the UFC. He just got his contract extended. He'll be there for another six months, probably at least. And they will continue to do that until he fights whoever they want him to fight because they want him to lose so he doesn't leave and fight Jake Paul. That's he, why. He, he was working at fighting Dustin Poirier in his yeah. last thing. But they ain't doing that. No. They know that. No. Dustin's locked down for a couple more contract for a couple more fights. They're not trying to get Dustin. I don't. I don't think Dustin loses to him. But I'm saying that I think that they don't want to take a chance with him winning and then leaving. Yeah. So they want to match him up against somebody that can beat him. 
Yeah. They're going to match him up against to make sure like a, like a Chimaev or uh, somebody else. They can put sure get him out of there. And that's what they're going to do. That's what they always do. So why is this a, like some big mystery? <laughs> that's what they're going to do. And until he say, accepts that fight that he's comfortable with losing, then that's they're going to keep extending his contract. You may never see Nate Diaz fight again if he doesn't accept the fight against somebody that they want him to lose against because he wants to go fight Jake Paul. And I said this, when did I say this, John? I said this, what, six months ago? <laughs> about that, whatever. Couple I said probably ago. about four months yeah. ago. Four months ago, something like that. He is leaving to fight these big fights. He's going to go make five, six, eight million dollars to fight Jake Paul. I'm just, I'm being honest, guys. That's it. Maybe Logan. Who knows? But I think it's going to be Jake. Um, Because that's the fight. He's not, fighting. Gonna, I, he's not fighting Logan. I think he's going to fight Jake. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, we've seen the, the Paul brothers, they tend to take the bigger guy and want to fight the smaller guy and <laughs> they continue to do that. So, but regardless, Jake Paul is, is still bigger than, than low, than, uh, than Nate. I think that, that they're going to, they're going to wait until he eventually can get free and they're going to try to match that fight up. Yeah. That's it. So, but I don't think it's going to be forever. And when he is finally free, he is not coming to Bellator to fight AJ McKee and AJ McKee is locked down. He is locked down down that's it he's got three he's first off he's got three more fights with but but let's be honest take a look at this yes you are right about this by the way all right aj mckee signs he's re-upping with bellator and stuff getting good money good for you aj but bellator is on showtime and if nate diaz wanted to box with jake paul or wanted to box with AJ McKee, Showtime, I'm sure would ask Bellator, and Bellator would let him go to do a boxing with Nate Diaz. Now, yep. do I think that's a good idea for AJ? Not too sure about that. No. I, I do believe in an MMA fight, AJ McKee's going to beat Nate. Yeah. He's too fast for him. He's too good all around. Well, but... If you get into the world of just boxing, Nate's not a bad boxer. He's he's awkward and he does things in a different fashion, but he's not facing another skilled boxer. He would do well in that, and I'm not sure that uh, Bellator would enjoy what could possibly end up in that. Yeah. So. Well, wait, what I look at is this: is people say, uh, "Oh, AJ hasn't fought anyone. AJ would probably lose to Nate in MMA." No way. The reason why I say no is this, and I'm I'm not favoring with him. I'm not favoring AJ because he's with Bellator. What I'm telling you guys no, is this: nothing to do. what you just saw, what you just saw with Jake Paul and with Tyron Woodley, is the age. The speed is a factor. The age is a factor. The ability and athleticism is a huge factor. And look at every single person that's ever beat Nate Diaz. What most majority of those fighters had against him, they were better athletes. They fought better with fight IQ. Yep. AJ McKee will be able to outstrike and outpoint and move and out wrestle and all those things. Now he may get caught in a submission. No way. That would be the only way. He You're saying getting, no way. He ain't getting caught in no submission. So I, I say possibly. You nope. say no. Okay. Ain't gonna happen. I, I'm gonna give Nate that that benefit of the doubt. There's a chance he could potentially catch AJ. You're saying no. Well, now there's a chance of anything. But so. yes, but I think the speed, the power, the the wrestling, the all the movement of the athleticism, all that stuff goes to AJ. Yep, absolutely. In an MMA fight, but that's because a lot of it is AJ's 26, I think, maybe 27, but I think he's 26. Okay, and then you've got Nate. Nate's 35, 34? 36. 
35, somewhere in there. Yeah, he's always 35, 36. That's going to play a huge factor. Now, in boxing, the factor is still there. But AJ McKee, like we saw with Tyron Woodley tonight, doesn't matter how much experience you have fighting MMA. Boxing is not the same. Nope. Nate Diaz, majority of his career has just been boxing or jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It hasn't been kicking. It hasn't been any of that other stuff. He's not a kickboxer. He's not a, a wrestler. He's not a judo guy. He's someone that either boxes you or he tries to take your fucking neck off. And that's it. There's no wrestling involved. There's nothing else. So in boxing, I think he's got the advantage because his output is there. He We've seen it. We've seen it against Connor. We've seen and he's guy. got a chin. He's got a great chin. His output is there. He's got he's he's very accurate with his strikes when he throws. And the condition of the cardio in terms of pressure when it comes to boxing will play a big factor against AJ McKee. Absolutely. I'm not saying AJ can't win, but I'm gonna favor Nate in the boxing. I'm gonna favor AJ in the MMA. Exactly what I would do. Uh what else you got for us, Dave? You are a genius there, Josh Thompson. I've heard that several times. Okay. Just wanted <laughs> you to know. I just wanted to bring it back up to you. Um let's Claudio Gadea and this is his retirement mm -hmm. from MMA. I sent her a text today and told her I want to wish you the very best in your retirement. Hunt, you're going to absolutely fucking love it. I've loved it. I've never looked back. <laughs> it's so damn great. Uh, she said she's got a lot of big things coming up, so I yes. don't know what those are. We didn't get into it, but she said that she said the future is bright. She's like, I'm definitely ready for the next chapter. I've got a lot of big things that I'm working on right now that are actually coming about, and that's why I announced my retirement. So all those things being said, well, she also got I a job with her. What's that? She got a job with the UFC. Oh, did she? She did. I didn't know that. She What's did. this job? Talk to me, Goose. Tell she me. Is. What do you know? I actually sent her a message too, telling her congratulations and uh, hey, it's, just, it's not definitely not the end of it. It's just the end of uh, one career and the start of another. But she's starting a career. Uh, with UFC, she's going to help develop fighters out of Brazil. She's going to be a, a almost like a uh, ambassador. A, uh, well, an ambassador, and then also a a. a I can't even say what. Think what do you, what do you say when you're you're gonna your coach? No, talk their language. Oh, interpreter. She's going to be an interpreter, interpreter. translator. Yeah. So she's going to do that also. So she's got a good position with the UFC. They're offering her a job, and that's a great thing for her. She can do that forever. And uh, she's a good person. She's a great she, person. She, I trained with her for a while. She trained at AK. One of the first times I ever grappled with her, she fucking tried to rip my goddamn. Oh, she'll leg. try to kill you. I was like, whoa, she, she fucking slapped the heel hook on me and she tried to literally fucking tear my knee out. And I was like, oh, we're not fucking around, are we? <laughs> and we weren't. So after that, I treated her to fucking like I would treat anybody else. There I beat go. the shit out of her. <laughs> I was like, you fucking hit me. You kicked me. You tried to rip my ankle off. Okay. But it's guess what? Coming back. She's absolutely a sweetheart. She is. she is a she's a pleasure to be around. She I've laughed and joked with her several times in terms of hanging out with her and stuff. She's such a sweetheart. But she's when it comes down to fighting, she's a dog man. Oh, she's she mean. Someone she's mean. She is not friendly at all. No, I don't give a fuck if it's a. I've never had to really fight her, but in just training, it felt like a real fight. So I was like, I can imagine if I had to fight you. Wait. But overall, I want to wish her the very best in her uh, retirement. She is an absolute um amazing person and uh best of luck you gotta figure bef before before she uh well before the ufc had a strawweight division she was the number one fighter in the world with invicta yeah and uh she was that good you know and then she went to the ufc she wasn't able to beat joanna 
she had uh, you know, one really good fight where a lot of people thought she won. Second yeah. one, people thought that jo- Joanna won, but she was a uh, she's a stud. Yeah, so, she is. So good luck. Next, last thing, uh, Misha Tay says she might need to drop down to flyweight now that Juliana Pena has won the uh, title at thirty-five. What does that mean? Why? Because they're they've they've known each other forever because they both used to train out of the Northwest. Well, she Same coached thing. her on the Ultimate Fighter show. What the f- that doesn't mean shit to me. Thank you very much. If we're, if we're fighting for the title and there's millions of dollars on the line, I- I'm fighting my mother. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Just out of curiosity. If you go down in weight, are they not faster? They are. Is Misha a fast fighter? No. Who's a better fighter, Juliana Pena or Valentina Shevchenko? Uh, by far, Valentina. Why would the fuck would you go to 125 pounds? Why would you make yourself that miserable? To Doesn't that make way? sense. I mean, she's, you know, look, as much as she's able to, you know, we've seen with her training and stuff, she's obviously getting her weight down easily yeah. and stuff. But why are you going to put yourself in the position? You got to go 10 more pounds. It's just Jeez. not a smart thing to do. Look. I am a, I am probably one of the biggest Misha Tate fans because uh, I have known her since she was young because we used to fight in the Northwest Circuit uh, around with each other and with the Dennis Holmans and the Benji Raddicks and the look at you going with those people that. that's yeah, old names old right school. there Benji yeah, Raddick old names old names right there um, yeah but she, yeah she was all around you know that circuit in terms of where we were at and stuff when she was young. She's she's been an absolute like mainstay for that northwest area, but when it comes down to it, like no, don't do it. Like yeah. I just I don't see any benefit of you're you're gonna have less of a chance to win the title against Valentina than you would have against Juliana Pena. Yeah, you know, and I don't know why the connection and all that shit is there. I get it, you guys are both from the northwest, that kind of material, but I don't care if you use the tram. Like, if it's for for the title, the title. We had we had this thing in the in in the gym at AK, and I, I we talked to Rafael Stotts and and uh, Sergio Pettis, and we've talked to a bunch of other fighters. If it's for the title, I'm okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. But if it's not for the title, I'm not fighting you. That's I'm great. not fighting you. I you know, and I had this conversation when it was Khabib, it was Gray Maynard and myself, and they kept asking me after I beat Nate. They said, "Hey, so you know, Gray Maynard's ranked, you know, like right there by you, and then you know, Khabib's coming up. He just broke into the top ten or top fifteen or whatever it was." And I'm like, "There's so much shit that has to happen for that shit to work out." <laughs> and with her, she's coming off of a loss. Yeah, I know. Like Juliana's the champ. You have a long ways to go. Long ways. Why are you gonna? Why are you gonna? Why are you gonna torture yourself now? Why don't you go win a couple more fights at 135, and then figure out. If you get to the title, if you're yeah, because if you win a couple at 135, which is an easy weight cut for you and you're comfortable at, and they're slower because they're a little bit bigger, you can always drop to 125 and you're right there. It'll 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 actually go with you. You'll have to win one fight. Yeah, John, I don't know. I'm a huge Tate fan, but that's not a good idea. I don't think so. All right, guys. Well, hey, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne In. Use that promo code and steal. And I love how you guys are still hashtagging us 
all the time on Twitter and Instagram and all the other spots, as well as in our YouTube comment section. So make sure you guys hit that link down below in our YouTube section that takes you to our weighing and extras channel, which we do the weighing interjection show for you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy that show. It's a fun little show we do. It's about eight to 12 minutes long. And we hopefully you guys enjoy it. It's just fun for us. We do it because you guys get to see the real personality between John and I. We're total fucking nerds. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. But uh, pick up one of our shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash in. Use the promo code and still. You guys get a little uh, 20% off on that. And uh, there's plenty of shirts to choose from. Christmas is coming up. Give it to someone you know that likes MMA or listens to our podcast. We just want to thank you guys for continuing to tune in and support us and and do all the things that you guys, I, you guys hit us up. And I love the fact that you guys continue to hit us up. You guys are sending me fan mail to my gym. I want to thank you guys for that. I sign it and send it back. Absolutely amazing. I get, I get a bunch of free shirts, which I got to give to John here coming up next time we do a show. But I've got some uh, Detroit boxing shirts and stuff that someone sent me. So I want to say thank you for those. And I'm going to get those to John when I see him next. But John, that pretty much wraps up our show for tonight. What do you think? It does wrap up and it wraps up the year with no more Bellator, no more UFC. We have to wait until the start of January to actually have more fights, but that's okay. We got other stuff coming. And if you are a fan and you have a question, go to our page and put in the thing right there. If you have a question, you can ask a fan question and we will answer it because we're going to have a plenty of time to do that in the next couple of weeks. So good shows coming up, lots of answers and for everyone out there. Thank you for listening to us. We hope you have enjoyed and we will see you.